Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. We've all heard the old saying, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. But what if we shifted our perspective? Instead of seeing lemons as symbols of adversity, let's embrace their zest and tang. Crystal Bauer joins us next to explore this transformational power of optimism, where lemons become not setbacks, but opportunities to create something truly sweet in the face of life's challenges. If you want to embrace a growth mindset, boost resiliency, and improve your relationship with yourself and others, stay tuned. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is an integrative medicine fellow and physician assistant with clinical experience in integrative psychiatry. She's a corporate wellness expert, TEDx speaker, and the host of the top-rated podcast, Live Greatly. She's a contributing writer for Entrepreneur and was recognized as a top 10 social media influencer by Forbes. Her background in healthcare, business, and media brings it with a plethora of insights on leadership, development, mental well-being, and work-life balance. Welcome to the show, Crystal Bauer. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you. Oh, it's great to have you join it. And like like I mentioned in the uh, before we chat, it's such a good topic, especially now. Everybody seems so doom and gloom, and pessimism is an all time high. Why do so many people live by the glass half empty mentality? Gosh, that's a good question. You know, I think it's really easy to fall into that when you watch the news, when you're hearing things kind of left and right about just traumatic things that are happening around the world. And it can be really heavy. You know, there's a lot of heavy stuff happening. And I really feel like in the modern world, we have to be very intentional, very intentional with our mindset. And it takes work. For a lot of people, this isn't just like a natural thing. I guess it probably has to do with your upbringing. Maybe if you were raised that way, your parents had that kind of optimism, maybe you're more likely to have that. But I think for a lot of people, it does take regular intention and effort to really try and embrace a growth mindset. Yeah, that's great. You know, I read some interesting research on pessimism and people inherently have this fear of being hurt. So instead of allowing themselves to be happy about something, they concentrate instead on what could go wrong. And and, and I read that that way they're prepared for the worst case scenario. So it hurts less when they're let down. Is this a healthy way? Should people prepare for worst case scenario? You know, I think that we definitely need to be smart, right? We need to respond to situations accordingly and you need to be prepared. But I think uh, in the big picture, it's really important to be present and not allow ourselves to get carried away with the what ifs and things that are outside of our control. Because when it comes down to it, you know, there's one key thing that's in our control and it's ourselves and it's how we respond to situations. But there are a lot of things that are out of our control. So I think it's really putting our time and our energy into what we can actually do something about. And that is the present moment. That is our behaviors, our responses, our habits. And then hopefully that sets us up for having the most you know, happy, healthy, fulfilling life we can. 
I love that advice. That's what I live by. And, you know, I'm an A-type high-energy person. And I learn if I can't change it, I don't stress about it. And just that one sentence eliminated 80% of the stress in my life. Traffic jam, I used to be upset and hit them. Like, you know what? I'll listen to a podcast. I'll just chill. There's nothing I can do. The plane running late, what am I going to be upset about? It's still running late. Why, why increase my cortisol and have a heart attack about it? So that mind shift, which I'm glad you brought up, is worry about the things you can change. And that's such a small percentage and life's happier. So kudos for bringing that up. I love that. Let me ask you this. I believe the main reason why so many people remain unhappy also in business and in life is fear of change. I think that's another thing we battle. People get comfortable inside with their daily routine, good or bad. Life passes them by. What advice can you share to our listeners to help them get off this stagnant hamster wheel? Right autopilot. Everybody's fallen into that at one time or another. I don't know for if you have experienced this, but I know for me, as I've gotten older and life's gotten, I guess, a little busier, you know, have kids and working, there's a lot going on. I feel like things have sped up a bit, you know, and I have to be even more intentional with making choices on a daily basis, not falling into that autopilot. So I think for a lot of people, it's number one, just having the awareness about things. And again, this takes practice. This is not something that comes naturally because we are creatures of habit. So if you want to have a new outcome, you need to introduce a new behavior, a new action, something new. So I think first step here, kind of take a look at where things are at in your life and what's working, what's not working, where your happiness level's at, where are you struggling in some arenas? And then that can give you a window into what areas you maybe need to introduce some new habits, behaviors, and choices into your life. Yeah, good advice. Another thing I, I think that stifles people is the naysayers. They're all excited about something, and then they hear, no, you can't do it, and there goes their dreams and aspirations. And there's so many stories that you've read about famous musicians, best-selling authors that were rejected, told they had no talent. Of course, they went on to be mega hits, but their refusal to give up is what brought the massive success. How can people tap into that razor-sharp focus and not allow critics to derail them? Oh, this is such a good question. And, you know, I have, am navigating some of this myself and I've had, you know, trial and error in this arena. And particularly when I started my podcast and I left healthcare and I didn't know anything about marketing. I didn't know anything about speaking and I wanted to get into the speaking world and I was a newbie. And so I remember reaching out to guests when I hadn't, I didn't have any listeners yet on my show. I didn't have any social media following because I wasn't on social media in my personal life. I was like starting right at the beginning of all of this. And I heard no a lot. I heard no quite a bit. And what helped me is just having the bigger picture and a bigger perspective here and really connecting to, well, what am I trying to accomplish here? And also kind of expand expecting that it's not just going to be handed to me. I think expecting that there's going to be some challenges that come your way. There's going to be some, you know, pushback and really looking at it more as feedback, not taking a personal hit on this. It's not personal. It's just giving me feedback on some areas that maybe I need to put time and energy to bulk up to grow my brand and all of that. So I think it's looking at this from a higher perspective here of, okay, what do I need to learn here? What information is this giving me? And then how can I take that information and maybe tweak things a little bit? Maybe I need to work on something for this to work out the way I want to. But I think we just have to look at it with more curiosity instead of taking a personal hit when we get this kind of feedback. 
Yeah, and I think people that, that give up so quickly, they don't have a purpose strong enough. Their purpose isn't powerful. I mean, I was rejected 50 times for my book, Food Sanity, and, and told it sucked. And I, I saved the letters. Oh, and uh, I turned my rejection into redirection, and it became a number one bestseller, seven number one bestselling literary awards. But the point is, I could have easily given up after three or four or five or eight no's. It's so easy. But man, my purpose, my razor sharp focus, and I think that's the way with you are. You podcast. I love what I do. I'm not getting listeners yet, but I'm sticking with it. And look at you now. I think that's such a key is, you know, is, is turn that rejection into redirection. I love that. Yeah. And we have to believe in ourselves too. And, and like what you were saying, like, obviously you believed in your book. And I think that's the key difference. But like what you mentioned, you really have to believe in yourself and what you're doing to have that, I guess, oomph to be able to keep going so that your fire doesn't kind of dim out when you're hearing no and things don't work out. You really have to be grounded in your mission. Totally. So true. I, I know in college, I discovered that broken bones heal stronger. And that really was profound for me. In fact, you're more likely to injure a bone that has not gone through a trauma than break a bone that has been broken and made a comeback. And I think that applies wow. to life. I, I think that we break and we come back stronger. Do you think adversity makes us stronger in our personal growth? I think it depends on how you approach it. I think that it can, and I think that that's an opportunity. But I do think that when you're faced with a challenge, you you have a choice, right? You can either use it to grow and come out stronger and to be able to push forward. Or if you let adversity, I guess, control you, then it can go the other direction. But I do think that this is an arena where people really need to take more ownership. And then if you need support, if you're going through a hard time, get that support, ask for help. You know, no one needs to do any of this alone. But I really do feel that all these challenges we face in our lives, they really are opportunities for us to grow personally, to grow professionally, and to help us come back more resilient in the end. Yeah, so true. I know you teach a lot about the importance of living in alignment with your core values and personal mission. This means making sure our journey aligns up right with our purpose. Share with us how people can tap into their why. I think that's so important because I think a lot of people waste life not going toward their why. Yeah, and I think a big issue here is people sometimes think what their why was when they were, I don't know, 18 years old in college and figuring out what their major was is going to be the same as when they're older and their their life is in a different place. And for a lot of people, maybe they haven't taken the time to really tap into what gets them excited, maybe how they have changed and evolved and grown, and maybe what they used to really be passionate about has shifted. And so I think it's giving yourself permission to check in on these things. You know, is the things that you're doing now in your career, are they fulfilling to you? You know, is there something else that maybe really lights you up that you can incorporate? But um, I know for me, like I started out thinking I was going to be practicing in healthcare for the long haul, which I did and I learned a lot. And then kind of venturing into now into this speaking and media space, that was a big shift. Like still talking about a lot of the things I would talk about on the one-on-one -on -one basis, but for me, that was a really hard decision. It was a really hard decision to leave clinical practice. But I was listening to myself where I was starting to feel more drained with one-on-one -on -one patient care. I really felt like I had a calling to do more speaking and talking to larger groups. But that was a hard choice. So I think for a lot of people, they're not maybe asking those questions of themselves and they're not looking at those things, which I think is really, really important to be able to live in alignment with what's really, really meaningful to you. 
I love how you, you shared how your why changes because I've just endured that. You know, I have a strong why and I just wasn't passionate about a few things. And it's like, you know what? My why has changed. I've never had a puppy dog, never had a dog because I've always worked seven days a week, never had the time. And I've got one this coming this Saturday and I'm taking the time. My why, my why has changed. Yeah. It's like it's time. I'm focusing on other things besides achievements and speeches and books and writing and radio. It was like, you know, there was a time when that all mattered. And it's interesting. My why's changed. That's on this back burner now. I'm really focused on a me time and getting a pet and, and doing things around the house that I never allowed myself because you know why? It wasn't my why. Now it is. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And sometimes too, I think there's a lot of just excitement and meaning and purpose that can come with the journey. So if you have like bigger goals for yourself, like I don't know if you've experienced this, like with your radio show and writing your book and and you've achieved like these really incredible big goals and there's a lot of work and time and things that go into it. And then after you've been doing those things for a while, it's kind of like, what else is there? You know, what else can I explore? Exactly. It, it's funny. It's, you know, you, you see the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary, you know, he's bodybuilder. Well, yeah, that's his dream. And he got it. His why was over. Eight times it's like, oh, what's next? Oh, I want to be a movie star, but I don't want to be the best movie star action adventure. And he got it. And he and he got bored. His why is, you know, I want to do comedy. And we said, you can't do comedy. No way to hire you. But he did. And he became kindergarten kid. It's kind of neat how his why changed and he, he thrived at each why. And I think a lot of us have that why and we burn it out. We burn out the why. We stay in that why. We don't jump to the other aspect of maybe this time in our life, our season has changed. And so that that's a good point. Sometimes I think our biggest adversary is the reflection we see in the mirror. Share with us some tips on how to improve our relationship with ourselves. I think sometimes that can be me, myself, and I, those three people, it can be our worst enemy. Right. And, you know, we can get into some bad habits here with the way that we talk to ourselves and developing more self-compassion and recognizing that we're all learning. Everyone's growing, learning, evolving. Everyone's making mistakes, right? So I think having more compassion towards ourselves and, and mistakes and, and being able to learn from them to move forward is really important. But I think that, you know, that self-talk, it can hold us back. Sometimes it can be a bit of a bully for some people. And for other times, especially if things are going well, you know, maybe your self-talk is really encouraging. Things are, self-talk's cheering you on. But I think what's really important is develop some sort of a practice. And this is a very unique thing but to help build up that kind of core sense of self and your relationship with yourself. So even when times are tough, you still have your own back. Like you're still rooting for yourself. You've got your back. You're not bringing yourself down if things don't go right because that's inevitably going to happen. And this is a journey. It's not something that happens overnight by any means, but I think some things that can be helpful here are to start recognizing where there are some limitations or beliefs that are holding you back and then it's about, okay, well, who do I aspire to be here? You know, how can I view this in a way that's more empowering for me? And then it's choosing behaviors and actions that reinforce that more empowering belief. Because it's not like you're going to snap your fingers and all of a sudden, you know, you're going to believe these new things about yourself. You really need to take action. So I think it's identifying areas where there's room for improvement and then making the choice of this is what I'm going to do about it to help shift this. 
Yeah, great point. I think also allowing yourself to make mistakes and not beat yourself up about it too. You know, so many people, that little voice, you know, I've been guilty of that. I'll, you know, I'll drop something. I'll say, you stupid idiot. I'm talking to myself. Why am I calling myself an idiot? Pretty soon I'm going to believe it. You got to stop, you know, these little voices that you, that you have sometimes can be negative. And I think that's just part of nature and it's tough to change that. So you don't kind of create that negativity because like energy attracts like energy. You always want to stay positive, especially with that person you see in the mirror. Let me ask you this. What do you find to be the most successful tool, let's say, when it comes to self-improvement? I don't know if you into affirmations, visualizing, prayer, meditation. What's your go-to? Sure. You know, and, and something you had said before I want to touch on too is, you know, I, I think when it comes to our thought processes, something important to recognize is a lot of our thoughts just are not true. So, it's not about not thinking things or, or only thinking good things. That's just not reality. That's not how our brains work, right? If I'm like, don't think about a tree, you're going to be like, wait, I'm thinking about a tree. It's just that's how that's how our brains are wired. So it's it's not about not thinking this or not thinking that. It's really, in my mind, about recognizing you don't have to believe your thoughts, right? You don't have to believe if you recognize a limiting belief that's come up. It doesn't mean that it's true. You don't have to believe that. So then it's about, okay, well, what's a new way I can view this that's more empowering for me and trying to make choices that, that affirm that belief about yourself without trying to like get rid of the old belief. Cause again, that's just like that resistance isn't going to work. It's more just about trying to support yourself by leaning in to something that's more empowering for you. So I think the what I would say as far as the best practice you can do for self-improvement, like something that I personally use, I think exercise movement, and then some sort of practice, whether that's a mindfulness practice, a meditation practice, a reflection practice, or prayer, something that helps you take a step back from the busyness of the world to reconnect with what's important to you. And so that's going to look different for a lot of people. There's so many practices out there. Some people love journaling or gratitude and I've dabbled in all of these things. And I think what it comes down to is you really have to find what works for you. You know, yoga, like the list goes on, right? For me, it's exercise movement and then having time for that reflection. And, and I get that a lot when I'm out in nature, if I'm going out for a walk. Um, and I also have a meditation practice that I do as well. That's awesome. I know it's become taboo to discuss prayer, but one thing that I found useful is expressing gratitude to God as if it's already occurred. For instance, during illness, I'll thank God for my good health, what's healthy. When I finish writing my book, I express gratitude for achieving a number one bestseller, even though it hasn't hit the bookshelves. And this proactive technique is also a key principle in the law of attraction that's so popular. What's your thoughts on this speak it as if it's happened mindset? I don't resonate with that. So that's not something that I practice, but I am very much a fan of gratitude. And I think being grateful for all of the blessings in my life. And even when times are challenging and when things are going on in your life, it's being grateful for what you do have. And that is really, I think, encompassing that resiliency where when times are tough, you really have to be very intentional with seeing the good. And as you said in the beginning, like we have this kind of negativity bias, right? So it's, it does take effort and intention, but even when times are hard, it's still giving yourself permission to be thankful and giving yourself permission to have joy and to find joyful moments, even when times are tough. Right. And when people see what you do, they say, oh, she's on her game. And, 
you know, she's secure and she's got her thought patterns and, and, and lined up, but you, you probably struggle with some things. What's, what's some things you need to work on that, that actually helps you by talking to people on your show? And is there things that you strive for to improve that you st- still struggle with? You know, something that I have gotten much, much better with, but that I kind of identified about myself as I've gone along this journey is to not try and be perfect with things and to not try and come across like I have to know everything or have to have it all together. And I mean, that was, it was actually made it a lot easier for me to let go of this, getting into this field of speaking and media because I didn't know anything. But I think coming from the world of medicine, where you have this intense training and there's such high pressure and high stakes with everything that you do, there was this level of like, I need to do everything perfectly here and a, a feeling of being responsible for other people's well-being. And what I've learned now is, you know, I cannot make other people do certain things when it comes to their health. Like it's not my job, I guess, to make other people healthy, but I hope I can inspire them to make the changes that they really resonate with and to inspire them to live a better life. So I think it's taking the pressure off myself a bit in this whole arena about not being perfect, not trying to fix everybody, just doing what I can. And then hopefully that helps people feel inspired to live a better life. Yeah, I resonate with your uh, perfectionism because I would. That was something I had to work on. Everything has to line up perfectly. But uh, it was interesting. We did the show live, and one of the guests was on the phone, and the phone cell phone dropped, and it went underneath his chair. And he's screaming, son of a bitch, I can't get that. And me, me. And he's like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sweating. I go, oh my God, how embarrassing. Oh my God, the worst show. Oh my God. And he's cussing, grabbing, and you can hear him beep, beep, beep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be right there. I got to get my. That became the most popular show. <laughs> people <laughs> loved it. They love it. They loved it because it's normal. It's natural. It's who people are. So I realized, you know, it doesn't have to always be polished and iron. And you notice some of these videos and TikTok stuff you see is when people kind of screw up, it makes people. It shows they're human because we see this perfectionism and we go, wow, that's not me. I can't live up to that. But when you see somebody that you idolize or that's a pedestal that goofs up and screws up, wow, I like that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think just, you know, I don't know if you feel this way too, like having my show and doing a lot more content and, you know, obviously speaking on stages and stuff, I've needed to be more comfortable in my own skin and accept that mistakes are going to happen. I'm going to mess up. I'm human. You know, I might mumble a word or, you know, I had one keynote where the mic that was clipped to my back fell out. Like, you know, random stuff like that where it's like you can't control everything, right? So you can control your response. And I really had to let go and let go of just worrying about that stuff that you can't control. And, And just, I think that makes everything so much more fun too. And not worrying like, are my eyes closed with that one video I'm putting out? Or, you know, do I have a weird expression? Or I've stopped worrying about that, which that was stuff that I worried about in the beginning when I started doing more of the speaking and media. But at this point now, I just kind of laugh about it. And I've gotten much more comfortable with that stuff. Yeah, I had to learn also, you know, I got so many different degrees and I felt I had to be knowledgeable of all the latest and the greatest. And I had to have all the answers. And I tell people now when they say, what do you do, Dr. Freeman? I said, I'm a full-time student. Always learning because what I knew five, 10 years ago is totally different than what I believe today. And in five years, it's going to be different. So I'm always changing and progressing. I don't believe that it's my way or the highway, people. I don't like those kind of folks where it's always 
to get a fall into this way because I usually like the Autobahn, you know, just take the road and, and learn. So, but I had to learn, you know, I was always felt I had to know all the answers. And I said, well, I got the answers, but the new science shows that's false. And now I got to learn new I know, answers. Right? Isn't that frustrating? <laughs> I know. I know. It's especially when you've been in medicine, it's like the research is always changing. So I think it's just, yeah, accepting that, that we're constantly learning. Yeah, it's so true. Now, in addition to all you have on your plate, we mentioned you also have the podcast Live Greatly, and I've had the honor of interviewing some of the same guests that you've had in your show, and I'm curious, oh, I love it. is there any particular aha moment that you recall from one of your guests, some maybe useful tidbit that you learned that you now apply to your life? Ooh, this is something maybe I'm trying to apply. We'll go there. That just came to my mind. I had um, Greg McKeown on, and he's the author of Effortless, and he inspired me to try and look at some of the situations in my life where I'm making things probably a lot more complicated than I need to and try and, I guess, simplify things a bit and try and make things a little bit more effortless when it comes to how I'm approaching things in my life and and maybe taking some things off my plate and focusing a little bit more on less. Interesting. Yeah. So I had a James Clear Atomic Habits that that really focused me because I'm like you. It's like I want to focus 100%. I want to give my 100%. And there's only so much time in the day. And he said, no, give 1%. Give a little bit because if you don't be a marathon runner, just run around your block and you're running. You don't have to run the marathon. I'm like, wow, I love that. <laughs> you know, I am running. I may not be a marathon runner because I'm the kind I'm all or nothing. Like if I'm going to run, I want to run marathons. And so from that, I really learned that it's okay to do little pieces. And that that allowed me to not have to leave things off my plate. I can multitask better. Interesting. Interesting. So I thought that was kind of, and the same with diets. I was telling the last guest, Tony Horton was on. I was talking about how I uh, had a woman give up on dieting. I said, why? She said, I was losing only a pound a week. And, and, and I got I got 30, 40 pounds less. I said, well, let's do the math. In 30, 40 weeks, you've hit your goal. But it wasn't enough for her because she saw that a little bit wasn't enough. And now with the 1% mentality, that is enough because it turns into 30, 40 pounds. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be all today. You can do it in small piecemeal. So that was really helped me out as well. And, um, you know, like I said, we got to remain full-time students. And I, and I love what you do is, you know, getting people to the core, purpose, motivation. And I think what happens is life, if you notice, we blink, it's Christmas again. We blink, it's so fast and it's passing us by. And I think that the more we do in life, the more input, the more purpose we have, the longer life goes. I found when I'm more passionate about things, it's been a longer year. You notice that? Interesting. You know, I haven't really thought about that. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I do feel like when I'm really passionate about things, it's a lot more fun. You know, I'm having, I'm like, there's a lot more excitement and vibrancy. So I think that, you know, that could make your moments, you're more present in the moments. So I, I think that there could be something to that. Yeah. I've studied the neurology part of it. It's really interesting. You know, when we're kids, how summer seemed to be so long, right? It was like, uh, and now it's, we blink, it's gone. It's the, still the same three, four months. What changed? The difference is the synapses in a child is 4,000 per minute. They're hearing, listening, learning, concentrating, different new things. And as we age, we get 30, 40. It drops to like maybe 500. Once we hit 50 and 60, it's dropping to about 100. Once we hit 70, 75, ready? 20 per minute which means there's not a lot happening, no new things we're allowing. So life 
goes by quickly because in that minute, not much is happening. <laughs> it doesn't last the whole summer. So that's why I think, you know, doing a little bit each day, something new, which you can correlate with is basically making, I don't know, your calendar fuller. So the end of the year, it's like, I made a challenge to the listeners once. I said, do one new thing every day for one year. Just one. It doesn't have to be life changing. Oh, wow. Just <laughs> sleep on a different side of the bed. If you take a shower, oops, end of the day, I'm going to take a bath, go a different way to the, to the office, something different. And you wake up excited because you're going to do something different, but it opens new opportunities of meeting people, new friendships, new restaurants you didn't know because you drove a different way and it opens so much. So I think that that's the key to stop having this fast forward button groundhog day that we all have. Mm -hmm. Right. And introduce some new things, which you said at the beginning of the show, change is scary for a lot of people. So this is like, it sounds really easy, but I think for a lot of people, if you're not intentional about it, then it, it can be tricky. So I think you really have to be like, set that goal for yourself and be very intentional about incorporating new things, which I agree. I think that's wonderful. Great idea. Yeah. And I think new things scare people until the second or third time, then it's not new. Everything you love now and you embrace was new. It's so funny. I get people that, oh, I hate goat cheese. I said, you ever tried? No. I go, how do you say you hate it? Well, I just know I do from them. They made their mind up. But, and I said, every single thing that you've ever tried and loved, you, you had to try to love it. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> but they made up their mind. They don't even want to try it. Like you mentioned, you got to embrace change. You've got to adapt to the, the ever-changing world. So that's why, you know, I love what you're doing is showing people that, you know, it's not all about just you know, running through the motions, it's about enjoying the motions, embracing the journey. And I think that's what we're missing out on the journey. And that's why it's Christmas. Like, oh, it's already Christmas. Well, you didn't enjoy the journey if it flew by so fast. I think that's so important. And something I like to say is try and make the moments in your life high quality moments. And it's just moment by moment, like do the best you can moment by moment. Don't get overwhelmed and think about, you know, the I have to do this, I have to do that, like for, you know, a, a week, a month, a year, just moment by moment. What's the best you can do? Being present, incorporating new things. And then before you know it, as you said, like you'll be living your life that way. Wonderful advice. And in the minute or two we have left, anything else you'd like to share with the listeners that we didn't cover today? You've covered a lot of great things. Yeah, this has been so great, David. I think that we covered a lot of bases. I think this is great. I think you know, what I would suggest is in alignment with what you were saying, pick something new today to move you in the direction of who you aspire to be. It could be something really, really small. Maybe it's reaching out to a friend you haven't talked to in a long time, going for a walk outside. Lots of options here, but I think picking one thing that can get momentum started and get things moving in the right direction. Well said. Thanks so much for helping us turn life's sour lemons into sweet lemonade. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much. That's great. To learn more about Crystal Bauer, go to livegreatly.co and be sure and check out her articles, videos, and podcasts chock full of tips on self-care, wellness, stress management, and how to balance your work and social life. You can follow Crystal on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, now known as X at Live Greatly for my daily social media posts. Follow me at Dr. David Friedman. Except on Instagram, you can find me at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard something today that would benefit somebody you know, which I'm sure you did, send them a link to this podcast. It's available to yourgoodhealthradio.com or radiomd.com. And while there, be sure and check out our podcast library and share these segments with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. I always say sharing is caring. This information is too important. Don't keep it to yourself. And you can also subscribe to future podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. More to come. Stay tuned, stay well, and stay focused.